Hi, welcome to the Tanakh Talks Podcast. My name is Yaakov Beasley. I'm broadcasting live from the hills overlooking Jerusalem. It is Friday, November 8th, second week of Cheshvan 5780. And today we're going to be looking at a very interesting question, which is, where does the story begin and where does the story end? And for our story, we're going to use a simple story that most people know, the separation of Abraham Avinu from Lot. Now, the story appears in chapter 13. Both Lot and Abraham, they have shepherds, and the shepherds are out in the fields, and because there's not enough grass, apparently, not enough pasture for their flocks, they start fighting with each other. This is the way the Ranban reads it. If you look carefully, he says the simple shot is what it sounds like. Why is there no grass for everybody? Because the Canaanim are still there, the Prism are still there, Abraham's trying to graze his flocks here, Lot's trying to graze his flocks here, and that's what leads to the conflict. Rashi sees a different perhaps deeper understanding, he states that Lot's shepherds would allow their flocks to pasture, to eat anywhere, graze wherever they wanted. Their assumption was, listen, this land was given to Avraham, it's going to go to Lot afterwards, so really it's ours already. There's no reason whatsoever for us to wait, as it were, for Avraham dies. We own the land, therefore we have no obligation to muzzle our flocks. Whereas Avraham understands that the land is not his yet, and therefore he chooses to muzzle his flocks. So it's not just a question of scarce physical resources, it is actually a question of morality. Therefore, Abraham says to Lot, where would you like to go? Would you like to take the right side? Would you like to take the left side? When in Tanakh and in the ancient world, if you've ever seen the ancient maps of Israel on its side, left is always north, right is always south, because every old map faces east. You to orient yourself, to look eastward is to find your way. That's the way maps were made until the development of the astrolobes and star readings in the middle of the Middle Ages. Lot, of course, chooses to go eastward, not north or south. He symbolically leaves the land and leaves the breed. And that's the story that we all know. The question is, where does it begin? If you look at chapter 13, verse 5, it says, And Lot also had flocks. Also implies that this is a continuation of the previous story. So what is the previous story? Well, let's take a look. We have two trips that Avram makes to the land of Israel. The first one at the beginning of the parasha, Lech Lecha Mayarzika, go from your land to a land that I will show you, and Avraham comes to the land of Canaan, first time round. All of a sudden he discovers there's no food here, and he has to go down to Egypt with all the inherent dangers, Sarai being taken. But he overcomes, he goes, and Hashem saves him with plagues to Paro, and he leaves with tremendous riches, and he comes back to the land. And we might say, there's the end of story one. Avram comes to Canaan, he goes to Egypt, he's back in Canaan. But if you notice, when Avram first comes to the land, he's expecting to receive a bracha. The only thing we get is almost a very curt acknowledgement from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from God, in verse 7, in chapter 12, this is the land I'm going to give your children. There's no hint of the blessing and the promise of greatness that Avram may or may not have been expecting. However, at the end of chapter 13, Hashem tells Avram, God tells Avram, look around you, walk this land, north, south, east, west, this is all going to be yours, this beautiful expansive land of Israel is going to belong to you and to the Jewish people forever. What changed? Why didn't God give Avram the blessing the first time? So to tie these two questions together, the change in the nature of the blessing that God gives Abraham from chapter 12 to chapter 13, and whether or not there's a relationship between the first story and the second story, or are they in fact one story, 
we're going to use a very interesting principle developed by Rabbi Samet. Rabbi Samet points out that when I read the story of going down to Egypt, I expect to find the key word appear there seven times. There is a word that appears there six times, and that is, of course, Egypt. But the seventh word is missing. Where did it go? Where is the seventh appearance of the word Egypt in the parasha? Correct. When Lot comes to the Jordan, when he looks up and Avram has given him this choice in what appears to be the independent story, it says Look, Lot lifts his eyes, he sees all the Jordan plain is well watered before God destroyed Sodom and Omorah. Spoiler alert. Like the garden of God, like the land of Egypt. The Egypt here in the Lot story, the separation from Avram, is intrinsically connected. It's the conclusion of the Egypt in Avram going down to Egypt. So let's try to put the pieces together here and see what really is going on. Avram leaves for Canaan the first time. And verse 4 tells us that it's Avraham, Sarai, Lot, and their possessions. He comes back at the beginning of chapter 13 a second time, and Avraham comes back up. It's him, Sarai, their possessions, and Lot. What Nechama Leibowitz points out so cleverly in her commentary is that possessions have become between Avraham and Lot. Before, nothing, it was only Avraham, Sarah, Lot, one family, and possessions. Now it's Avraham, Sarah, possessions, and Lot. This foreshadows what's happened. Somehow going down to Egypt has caused Lot to value possessions more, and there's emphasis on Lot's possessions, and Lot also has many flocks, and all of a sudden, even though, as Rashi points out, he also has flocks, Rashi, there are comments, why does it say also has flocks? Because he got him on the merit of Abraham. But either way, possessions and Lot's relationship to his possessions, to what he owns, is now significant. And how did that come about? Let's look again at what's happened. Avram goes to the promised land. He finds that it's not as bountiful as he'd expected. In fact, he has to keep moving southward. He has to look for places to graze. And then there's a famine in the land. Suddenly he goes to Egypt, and Egypt is the contrast to Canaan. Egypt is the foil. Why is it the foil? Because all of a sudden there's a land that has no need for rain, no need to turn to God at any point in time. This is the way Devarim describes it, the book of Deuteronomy. Egypt is a land which is always watered. They never have to worry about food shortages or famines. Everything is great. It's easy. Life is simple. One can imagine that one would say, well, where's the promised land? The promised land is in Egypt, not Canaan. Yet, Abram, of course, as soon as he goes down, he understands this is not the place for him. And as soon as God brings him out, he goes quickly. He leaves. The problem is, as the old saying goes, you can take the Lot out of Egypt, but you couldn't take the Egypt out of Lot. Lot was hoping for a world where everything was simple, where everything was easy, and therefore when there's again the scarcity of land in Canaan, he can't wait to go to a place that reminds him of where he really wants to be, Egypt, and he chooses Sodom, because that's what Sodom reminds him of. Sodom is Egypt, Sodom is, some, is luxury, Sodom is bountifulness. Without any need for prayers or for worries, everything is there in Sodom. So we can see now that both these stories are connected, is that the purpose of Going to Egypt and going back was to separate Abraham from Lot. This is the purpose of the test. Why was this necessary? Make one final suggestion, and this will answer our question regarding the nature of the two blessings that were given. In the first story, God told Abraham 
go to Canaan. But he doesn't say go to Canaan. You have to leave your father's house behind. Abraham does that. He leaves. He leaves Terach behind. He leaves everybody else behind. But his nephew comes with him. And one can imagine Abraham would be very hesitant to leave Lot behind. First of all, he may or may not have been responsible indirectly for his brother's death because his brother followed his example to go into the fiery furnace according to Midrashic tradition. But more importantly, he doesn't have an heir. Maybe he assumes Lot will be the one to follow him, to learn his ways. So Abram leaves to Canaan, but he brings Lot with him. But as long as Lot's with him, he can't receive the full blessing. Yes, he'll get an acknowledgement. This is the land I'm going to give your children, but no more. So what Hashem has to do is to engineer a, lar- a series of events that lead Lot to choose to separate from Abraham on his own. You can take the left or you can take the right. You can take the north of the land of Israel, you can take the south. And Lot chooses not to take either part. Instead, he goes eastward to Sodom, where he, on one hand, will live an easy life, but he's no longer part of the covenant, not part of the blessing, part of the promise. It's at that moment when Lot leaves that Hashem reappears to Avram. Now he can tell him, look at this beautiful land I've given you. The underlying text is that without Lot there, now Avraham can receive the blessing. As long as there's an in- Lot and his influence, his desires for the easy life of Egypt and Sodom, Avram can't receive the blessing. Once Lot leaves, Avram is now capable of getting the full blessing in front of him, and that's what happens in our parsha. So we see here from some linguistic connections, the six appearances of Mitzrayim, of Egypt, in the first chapter to the final missing seventh one. In the second one, which connects the two stories, we see from the parallels between parallels and contrasts between the two lists, we see how Hashem engineers everything in order to give Avram the blessing that he so desperately wants to give him. With that thought in mind, we should all be worthy of continuing Avram's blessing, both to receive the blessing and, as it says, we should be a blessing for the entire world. Shabbat Shalom.